Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. So did you did you like Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile? I'm just going to start with that. Oh, yeah. I guess we don't need to introduce ourselves. <laughs> oh, should we? I don't know. You I mean, if you look, if you're if you're listening for the first time, this is not what we normally do. That's well, all you need to know. Maybe maybe we will normally do it at some point. But you are listening to Biopsy. Biopsy. Um, as we said in the last one, uh, this is when George and I take on biopics. We're kind of the sidecar projects of documentaries. And this one made by Joel Berlinger. So kind of makes sense. Yeah. Who also made, well, okay. So he had a big Ted Bundy year. I guess Ted Bundy had a big year, which Ted's been I, doing well. Well, I've been, I was, didn't realize it was because it's the 30th anniversary of his execution. Oh right! Because I was like, "What is what is the what is the reason for this Bundy Renaissance?" Like, I couldn't tap, like you know, nail down why. Because I'm like, "Well, he murdered a bunch of people over a long period of time in like the '70s, and maybe as early as the '60s." It's unclear. He claimed to have murdered someone in the '60s, but um, yeah, I was like, "Why is yeah. this all happening?" At the same time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, 89 is when they fried him up. Fried him, fried him. In Florida? Is that where he finally got his comeuppance? It was Florida, right? I would say it was probably Florida, yeah. Yeah, that's where he got it. That's where he could not (sighs) escape out of Florida. But he escaped out of everywhere else, man. Like, the shit in fucking Denver when he jumps out the window. It's like... You learn nothing. Yeah, nothing else from this is like you could be a drifter. You could be off the grid in the 70s very easily. It seems like the 70s was the decade for like if you want to get off the grid and drift and either kill a bunch of people and get away with it or like start a rock and roll band in Toluca Lake and become millionaires, you could do that too, you know? Yeah. Uh, Why Toluca Lake? Why did that come to your mind? Um, because Was there a Toluca Lake scene I don't know about? It's not like uh, the the you know what's the what's the famous Laurel Canyon scene? Yeah, Laurel Canyon. Um, I just was reading about um, some I can't remember right now, but someone moved to Toluca Lake when they first got to L.A. and now they're they became famous. Um, who the fuck was it? it? Doesn't matter. But so extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile on Netflix about our um, the subject today, Mr. Ted. Theodore Bundy, and it stars Zac Efron, who, you know, I did not want to watch this. I, oh, I mean, you didn't? Well, no. I mean, I, I passed it up a million times on Netflix because, for one, it's Zac Efron. For two, it just seemed like some, like, overblown, you know, movie about fucking Ted Bundy. Like, if you watch the tapes, you know, the tape confession shit, you mm-hmm. know, that doc, um, it's just like... It's also like, Joe Berlinger. 
Oh, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, who also did Paradise Lost, one of my absolute favorite true crime documentary series. But it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Zac Efron, but I got to say, he I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he did. He was convincing as like, so what, what I heard. So this is your first time watching it. You didn't watch it before until we had to do it for this. I just watched it yesterday for the first oh, time. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The angle of it is that it kind of for the first like 30, 40 minutes or so, you could kind of believe that he was a, just a paranoid guy who was who was being set up in like, I know that we all know that's not the case, but like, this is kind of like my first toe dipped into Bundy world. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, I, everything has like a foreshadowing to it, but it sort of presents it as like, what, what a, what a terrible nightmare if this guy was, you know, not guilty of these crimes. Right. Uh, he's just a, he's just a nice guy with a lot of turtlenecks who just loves, uh, classical music and uh threatening and, dogs and law uh, he really likes law. the law oh, he loves the law yeah this guy loves law um yeah so i don't which know which i thought I, was kind of bogus for this i mean i didn't like that take on this because we you all mean, know you mean what the, he did. the angle of presenting him as like having some ambiguity about his uh his yeah. evilness yeah we all know yeah. he, he confessed we all know he confessed it's like mm-hmm. why why to i mean this might seem dark but in my mind if you're gonna do a fucking biopic about fucking ted bundy i want to see how he did what he did how he was able to manage to do some of this shit like what his yeah. like the you know the the actual fucking extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile shit that's in the there's some of that in here not much man we're talking not buddy maybe the most famous serial killer of all time and he did some awful fucking stuff you know and it just kind of glossed over that and was more like here's his love interest and uh we're gonna keep pretending that he didn't do anything to keep the the script going okay so let's just explain i mean people have seen this but okay in the real life guy uh, had a girlfriend in Seattle uh, for the ma- the majority of the time he was committing these crimes. Elizabeth Kepfler, who is played by Lily Collins, who I want to say I'm going to do a quick uh, Google alert on this because I think she is related to another famous. Everyone in here is like related to someone else who's famous. Oh, um, really? I, there's, did you also catch that um, James Hetfield was a cop in this? Yeah, I did. At the very end, I saw his, because I just finished it about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, and I saw his name in the credit. I'm like, that can't be the same James Hetfield. But yeah. it is. Well, that makes sense, because Joe Berlinger made some kind of monster. Fuck. Yes. Good job, so, buddy. Fucking connecting yeah. the dizots. Yeah. And I was confused, because I watched the whole thing, then I, I read, I saw the credits, too, and I was just like, man, he let himself go, because I thought he was that other cop. Who shows oh. up at uh, at uh, at Liz's doorstep? Oh, uh, with right, the, with the right, right. envelope, and that's a different actor named Terry Kenny. So oh, okay. I was I was so confused because I was just like, I, it didn't look like James Hetfield. And then like now watching it again, I'm like, oh yeah, that's where James had. That was. I haven't James gone back He's to a- see which cop there. I actually thought at first they're talking about the cop that lets him jump out the window. In Denver, and I was like, "That's not James Hetfield." Oh, you mean the the uh, that guy's not a cop? What is he called? Uh, like a bailiff or bailiff. something? Bailiff. Yeah, I guess yeah. he'd be. Sometimes no, they have sheriffs in there. 
Hetfield is the Utah cop that pulls him over in Utah. Not the one that pulls him over, but he's in. He's being questioned in Utah. That's James oh, okay. Hetfield gets this. Got it. There. So yeah, who's but, who? I always want to cast James Hetfield as Sabretooth in the Wolverine movies. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I mean they have very similar looks for sure. Uh, I just like my immediate take after watching this was like it was like uh, I didn't like. The I, I like Efron's performance. To be completely honest, I did not like the woman who played Elizabeth performance that much. Okay, her Lily Collins. Her dad is Phil Collins. <laughs> oh wow, that's why. Because I fucking hate Phil Collins. It makes that perfect was sense the, what now. you were picking. There was something in the air that you were picking <laughs> up on. I fuck you, man. Oh, fuck you. That's awesome. Just, just something in the studio that got me. I just. I, I maybe it's because she wasn't given many meaty parts. Like her, the script for her wasn't great, so I can't blame the actress. I don't want to blame her. But yeah, here's just, the thing: mm-hmm. they've made like at least five or six different movies about Ted Bundy. Yeah, I do think like the angle of this is like, hey, what's up with the woman that l- was with him during right. all this stuff? Right. Yeah, I know. We we don't get much, but I guess what I didn't realize either is those. This is based on um, memoir. Elizabeth's book. Mm-hmm. This is based on a book that she wrote, so it kind of makes sense that the focus is on her. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that going in. I only knew that after doing some research. Right after I watched the end today, yeah, uh, I the didn't realize Phantom that, Prince. Yeah, nineteen eighty one book. I didn't realize that, but like it's again, it's like you're not convincing us that maybe he didn't do it when he did it and he confessed, and that was thirty years ago, and we all know, you know, what happened. I don't think you're supposed to get through the whole movie and still have any doubts, but I I think that it was like a it was to to I don't I don't think like going in and having it be so blatant like off the top would have everything would have alienated a lot of people right away, which I guess is part of the problem is that there's still people that are like huge fans of this guy for some reason. And just yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's like which also like you were saying he's the biggest, the most famous serial killer. Do you remember like hearing about this stuff in the 80s? No, I do remember uh, when he was executed. Though I remember, okay. I remember that day. I remember watching it on the news. I remember people being extremely excited and happy that he was killed. And I also, I remember thinking how odd that was. But also, mm-hmm. like, I didn't know much about Ted Bundy back then. I mean, you know, you and I grew up in an era without the internet, so you only got sporadic news. But I don't remember... I do remember, though, like, I, I mean, I was a kid in the 70s, so I still do remember the kind of, like, white guy, loner, long, shaggy hair, like, you know, you could be kidnapped at any moment kind of thing. I remember mm-hmm. my sister hitchhiking, going to shows and stuff. Oh, you know, because that's what people did in the seventies, man. Uh, and you you shared a story earlier with about um, um, Debbie Harry. Oh my God! Yeah. So this is a story that she recounts in a memoir that she just put out. Uh, she was walking around New York in 1972 before she was famous or anything, and this guy in a white car. We don't know for sure if it was a VW Bug. Uh, offered her a ride, kept offering her a ride. She got in, then realized there was no handle on the door. It had been mm. stripped off. The, the The crank for the window had been 
taken out. The whole inside of the car had been like gutted. That's and crazy. she just was like, oh, yeah, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I was able to stick my hand through the window and open the car from the outside and then just like jumped out of the car. Yeesh. And then she she didn't think anything of it until she because like that again, 1972, this guy mostly committed murders in the Pacific Northwest, Utah, Colorado, uh, you know, ski areas, I guess. And she right. realized it. She realized what it was. Uh, or, or she thinks it was him uh, after seeing the execution and then reading about what his M.O. was. Mm. And there is like some debate whether he was in New York in 72, but I guess he grew up in Philly. Uh, right. So he was around and it's possible. It's not clear when he first started killing people but like i said there was some some he confessed to doing some stuff in maybe 68 69 yeah and from some of the stuff i read you know he was raised by his grandparents and they told him his mom was his older sister and he that found happened out a lot back then too uh, yeah i know it's weird like people were so afraid that like children out of wedlock was such a like you know fucking john snow bastard situation that grandparents raised kids and like their moms were either an aunt or an older sister. But I guess he found out because, um, he went back to the East coast. He went to like Vermont in that area and found uh, like birth records or something and found out his mom was his actual mom. Um, Whoa. yeah. So, I mean, she never told him he found out by just looking at some records. So, so I mean, he, what is a kind of like, Ed, he fancies himself like this kind of uh, investigatory type of yes. legal eagle. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's pretty fascinating. I mean, like uh, the difference between like going into acting, going into law, going into politics, going into com they're all kind of the same brain. You know, it's all kind of lives within the same brain activity, you know, sociopathy. There you Sociopathy. go. Sociopathy. I don't know why I said it that way. I also say biopic. So yes, you do. Yeah, the way I pronounce things. I, I mean, there are some things I did not know that I I did not learn from this movie just from doing some quick research. Like a, he was a necrophile, which I didn't I didn't know that part. I, they don't really get into that in this film. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Which I guess for some people they're like, oh, that's awesome. For me, I would like to have. Not, I mean, if it's a biopic about. Somebody, I'd like to know, like, especially if it's a serial killer, what the fuck he did, you know? I mean, it's gross and dark, but, like, it's interesting because these I, people I'm are fascinated. I'm trying to think how often necrophilia has actually been portrayed in film. Hmm. Like, I can think of one movie that is a female necrophile. Really? Uh, yeah, but I'm trying to think. And and then it's the very it's like an art film. It's like a Canadian right, art course. film. Oh okay. Um, I I can't remember the name of it. I want to say it's called like Stiff or something. Um, uh, I'm gonna look it up because I remember the actress in it. So I'm gonna look up that while we're talking. I yeah. See if I can identify this film. I mean, for me, the person who stole this movie. I mean, I again, Zac Efron, I thought was awesome. Like he, like it's not easy. I mean, I've done some acting. It's not easy to just give a look to the camera and look evil. You know, like, yeah, he, he did a very good job of looking you're, through the camera. You're never cast as an evil guy, though. Never. I think once, <laughs> once I was in like a, um, I did something where I had to be like a heavy and I, I'm not good at it. It is not my trait. I am the funny guy. I'm the Frank in every commercial. Which makes you an ideal serial killer, Paco. It does. Nobody would ever know, George. 
Nobody would ever know. I, I also just watched like a 15-minute short documentary on John Wayne Gacy the other day. Wow. Holy oh, crap. Man. I don't guy. know a lot. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about John Wayne Gacy? Well, yeah. I mean, he so he's from the Chicago area, and he ran for politics. I mean, he was involved in politics a lot, um, and he helped out, again, serial killer, political guy, actor. And he was married but he also had a secret gay life and he ended up getting off on killing teenage boys and what's the this by far the scariest thing i've ever heard in my fucking life is he had a kid uh for like a 17 year old kid come over because he needed help doing construction in his basement he had the kid basically digging out what would be his grave oh and then um like gave him a like slipped him a fucking roofie or something. The kid wakes up and he's handcuffed to the chair to a chair in John Wayne yeah. Gacy's apartment. And John Wayne Gacy's in full clown mode, and yeah. he's looking at him, coming up to his face, going, "I'm gonna rape you," <laughs> and then like in this high pitched voice saying, "I'm gonna rape you" over and over again, and cackling. And this kid actually gets out. He actually manages to escape, but never tells anybody. He what? held, yeah. He held this secret until John Wayne Gacy was arrested and convicted and then told the cops about this encounter. Never told anybody. Um, And then he went on, John Wayne Gacy went on to kill more kids, unfortunately. Uh, And then because John Wayne Gacy was a sociopath, just like Ted Bundy, who they they think they're smarter than everybody, Gacy... Mm -hmm invited detectives over to his house because they had an inkling he might be involved. And he was like, no, come over, have tea. And they went in and smelled the apartment and they were just like, holy crap. Uh, this smells like mm. dead people in here. So, Oh my God. That, that is one thing about um, anyone who has lived with, let's say, animals or there's some smells that you can't mask or truth? some smells that you can't, like, you don't get used to. But a lot of ambient smells you can kind of you don't realize it like if you just live in it yeah no you get you get um nose blind smell blind yeah 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 smell blind yeah like my uh old roommate and her cats jesus christ oh man wow that shit was eye-watering i I could never figure out why or how she didn't smell that because yeah wait she probably had the 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 little parasite that you get when you have a cat like you when you do it uh handle its poop or its pee it sort of makes you like the smell of the pee really well that's the thing about um maybe i have that wrong there's something about like cat urine that uh somehow like mice like get some kind of immunity to that or they they start to like think like it's okay or they don't realize wow. it's a cat interesting yeah that shit made my eyes fucking water man i love the jim gaffigan bit he used to do this bit about you ever go over to like a stranger's house and it just smells so weird and you're like how do you not smell that it smells like someone's cooking vitamins <laughs> cooking vitamins <laughs> oh, so funny but yeah so back to this extremely wicked. Yeah, I mean it's what did you think? What was what's your take? Um I haven't hadn't really dipped into the whole Ted Bundy saga. So I went into it just like, hey, this is on. This actually seems like I could handle this better than listening to the tapes. And you listen to the tapes, right? That what Yeah, what I watched it. Yeah, what's the name of that? Uh, I think it's the um, Ted Bundy the Ted tapes. Ted Bundy tapes, right. Yeah. So, which is also Joe Berlinger. So that was 
the guy who interviewed him and I just tried watching a little bit of it. I didn't have time to get through it all because, uh, you know, I just didn't, it's four hours. Um, right. But that was a guy who, I guess he started confessing in the third person, which seems totally in character with the kind of dude he was. Yeah. Uh, like the, the thing you're saying about like the kind of arrogance and thinking you're smarter than everyone else. Like he really had that socio sociopathy of like, I'm just going to keep insisting that it wasn't me. And at some point, even like a judge will go along with it. I, it's just right. Like, which is funny. What's okay. It's, it's not a funny film. There's bits of <laughs> humor. Like every time there's a close up on his face when a judge says something and he thinks it's in his favor and then right. it's not. It's just yeah. like, it's like, and the guilt, the <laughs> defendant is found not not guilty you know like yeah. basically and then his he just gets crestfallen right like what like yeah. my bullshittery didn't raise right. anyone didn't, but i'm handsome come on also and I'm smart. fucking can we just have a referendum on what people think is handsome anymore uh like, in the 1970s was this guy he's not like i don't know who's handsome in the 70s that you could compare him to like leaf garrett um, yeah, I, <laughs> they it's all look really the same. like it's a it's a fucking stretch. What it comes down to with dudes, this is what it comes down to for dudes. Central casting is Anglo-Saxon, square jaw, and eyes that are symmetrical. That's and and noses that don't hook. Those are the oh. three main central casting characteristics for a male lead. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And that's yeah. what they all have. And then it doesn't matter after that. But look at any of the male leads like Brad Pitt, fucking Matt Damon. They all look like they're from Northern Ireland or the Anglo-Saxon area. They all have mm -hmm. square uh, jaws. They all have uh, rounded noses and symmetrical eyes. I mean, I've done a lot of castings. That's generally the leading man look, you know. And then any of the secondary principal roles or character, what they call character actors or guys who are like, don't have square jaws, maybe have a hooked nose, have kind of funky eyes, you know. So that's I feel how you like, like Ted Bundy has funky eyes. I don't. I don't think. So. I mean, I look. I mean, so? they're dark. He's got very dark. I mean, I know I don't think I think he's like kind of classically handsome. He's not like he wouldn't. It's not someone who bowls me over with his looks, but like you know, I think he was skinny. That helps too. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, definitely like Zac Efron has like a more boyish look to him than Ted Bundy did. Yeah, like like uh, says more Ted of a Bundy has like look. a very deep set eyebrow, and he does. Uh, yeah, he just I the the number of people that have played. Ted Bundy over the years is a very bizarre. Uh, there's a couple of actors I don't recognize, but Mark Harmon did it in 86. That and then sense. Carrie Elway's played Ted Bundy. Really? Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. What? That seems odd. In 2004 and something that I'm, bl I'm blanking on. Uh, yeah. I mean, there've been like, that like guy I'm saying, there've been like six or seven different Ted Bundy movies. So for this to happen now seems 
uh, like a weird, weird timing. Um, Here's an, a thing I will say about this movie or this biopic is that I felt like everything as far as set and music and that kind of stuff was awesome. Like oh, yeah, really, the music's really good. The music the uh, super really great, fucking yeah. good. The music's great. The set design is amazing. All the um, like car, I mean, it all looks very... Um, authentic, you know, which sometimes those things go by the wayside when like, you know, they have, you know, this kind of kind of biopic. They don't think that much about it. But I thought all that stuff was really good. And, you know, I think Efron did a good job of never really letting the mask slip too much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, overall, I, I was just kind of like, I don't care about their fucking love romance. I don't care. This is Ted Bundy. I don't That's care the part about I find this. more fascinating than like a stranger murdering strangers. Yeah, is like what the fuck was that relationship like? And then this kind of gives you an insight into like the level of denial that someone could be in. Right. And I think that's sure. the part that actually feels more timely in a way than all this sort of like you know anonymous drifter serial killing is like this sort of like gaslighting. <laughs> effect of this relationship there was a lot I think that's the part that maybe people that makes it more like a 2019 film you know? yeah that's true that's a good point i mean there is a lot of gaslighting and i think it's always to me it's very dude the fucking um scott peterson doc on amazon is out oh boy i know that's that's and that was right around here that was like redwood city or some shit i still lived in michigan at the time but I remember I think when I that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Lacey Peters. But, um, it, it, I mean, it is kind of prescient to have like gaslighting and shit like that at this point because it does take, but I mean, like there's, I, I do, it is, it is kind of fascinating where people can have a loving relationship with a, like a, a guy with a woman and then go out and just completely murder heinously other women because he's basically like, well, I love this person. This person I have love for. These people are just objects. When, yeah. Especially when, yeah, his his whole mentality is like misogyny, right? So it's like how how kid, does he decide this one's okay? You know, right. it's like a guy. It, it doesn't. It still doesn't really give you an answer. He's no. just like, not you, Liz. Not you. Never you. Right. I'm like, what about my daughter? What about yeah. my friend from Westworld? What about right. what about those people? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean. But, you know, I think sometimes serial killers are smart enough to not kill where they eat, if you will. Oh, geez. Mm. Um, you know, like they go kind of kind of a little bit away. I just reading it's like a like a beard or like a cover. I don't know. I think it's deeper than that. I think it's an actual this is a person that reciprocates love to me like i it's a safety thing i think i think it's psychological i think they think of this person as like this is my love and these other women are objects these aren't women these are objects these are mm -hmm. inanimate objects basically and i hate them um or maybe not inanimate but um i don't think it's a i don't think it's a mask or a beard that kind of relationship but fuck i don't fucking know like it's reading some of the stuff about about what he did though like he would go back out and revisit the women he had bar not buried he'd just leave them and then like have sex with them until they were too putrefied or eaten by animals and then he cut off their heads and they found uh about a dozen heads in his apartment uh so he kept um their heads as like mementos you know you didn't see like 
no one saw this because it's a podcast, but I had to like dip out yeah. of the frame. Yeah, for sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. It's a good thing we don't always do true crime. Uh, no, I mean, it's not my favorite thing. And right. uh, the fact that this is like a fictionalized thing, I thought like I could handle a little bit better than. Uh, okay, how would you compare it to having s- seen the Ted Bundy tapes? Before seeing this, well, I, I think, think that's it's, the order they came out in. Ted yeah, Bundy Ted, was that first. Yeah, it was, um, and that's why I did not want to see that. This seemed a little too saccharine to me. It is, I, I have to say, segue before I get into what you just said. It's nice to see Haley Joel Osment uh, out there getting work. Yeah. Oh, have you seen the boys? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, which also like everything you're saying about Ted Bundy applies to like Homelander too. Oh shit. You're right. The other day I saw a meme with um, uh, Captain America and it said, this is how people, this is how Americans see America. And then it showed uh, Homelander and like, this is how America really is. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, two things like, is this a biopic? (laughs) Right. I (laughs) thought the same thing, dude. And then, and then uh, I also want to talk about the bleed, the bleed of fiction and, narrative because once upon a time in hollywood is out now and there's like a wave of can i just talk about this thing that's on about this twitter thing yeah Uh, that's crazy i saw that there's like there's like kind of like parody uh stan accounts for charles manson and ted bundy and people making like tiktok videos where they're like a woman about to get murdered by ted bundy and being like uh, it's, it's so, I get where the, I see, here's the thing. I get where like that dark sense of humor about the stuff comes from. Yeah. Uh, it's just like in the eighties and nineties, that would have been like something in like an underground zine. And now it's on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it would have been like, I don't know, like, shit like even vice magazine would have done maybe right. at the time or maybe there was like some manson always had a weird fascination for like the punks because it was sort of like the counter hippie right thing it was like the 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 uh apotheosis i don't know what that word means uh some word of hippies but um yeah now and then people now uh there are some legit these are mostly like parodies of the idea of being a Ted Bundy fan, but then some legit people retweeting and being like, uh, like, I don't know, this whole wave of Ted Bundy attention has had people be like, Oh, Ted Bundy is zaddy or like, you know, like I'd let him murder me and that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. It's like, just like that is kind of like the same fascination that, they had at the time with him, they were like just women showing up and being yeah. like, I don't know why I'm here. I just am compelled. Yeah. I'm scared. And maybe this is a whole thing about the, the subtext of all true crime. Anyway, it's like, I'm scared and kind of like horny about this aroused. It's arousal. It's, it's like alpha male arousal stuff, I think, but it's women that are into it. That's the part that's, that's also my strange. point. Yeah. They're into the oh, alpha, alpha male. male. Okay. I see what you're saying. The alpha male, is like the man who doesn't follow the rules. Yeah, and the he's bad going boy. to. And if there's any danger coming, if he loves you, if he picks you, and there's any danger coming, oh, he's yeah. going to destroy that that danger. 
Oh, this is like that fucking movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. Oh I'm my like, god, this is a sociopath. Why right. do people like this? <laughs> it's. I think it's safety. I think it's primal. I think it's fucking lizard brain shit, dude. I really do. I think it goes down to um, why people fucking vote for Trump. It's he seems safe. He seems like he's going to safe. vanquish enemies for you. Like, well, that's what, he, he does seem like a kind of an alpha, but like the kind that fake. has to prove them that they have big hands all the time. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's <sighs> obviously I want to maybe talk. Let's have a separate discussion about like, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. OK, we could we sh that should maybe be a separate podcast. Is that a biopic? What is that? That's not a biopic, no. is it? <laughs> it's not a biopic. No. Bio. Yeah. No. How could that be a biopic? I thought that's what you were submitting. Well, I I'm, thought just saying, I'm saying like, yeah, that's why it doesn't belong on this show. It's like, no, it's, but it does I mean, have a tenuous relationship to reality. I liked which, it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. I mean, Malkovich, man. I mean, oh, fuck. We got to talk about Malkovich. I made a mistake. I was meant uh, Tarantino, but Tarantino films, like if you go in with a low bar, you have fun. It's, you know. Um, so uh, it, it let's, I'm going to save this for Patreon. Let's just do a different recording. <laughs> um, but Manson figures into that as well. Um, I don't, I was never a big Manson. Are you up on all the Manson stuff too? I mean, I know stuff about Manson. I don't know if there's been anything new that's come out. I mean, he's dead, I guess is yeah. the newest thing. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the kind of like, okay, I think this is more like, our collective social obsession with true crime is coming out in like the famous like quote unquote handsome serial killer Ted Bundy and like Twitter worship of this dude. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into it. I don't think he's like a. When you see the actual footage of him at the end of the film, yeah, like he's definitely like like creepier. Yes. Then the real the, the the real guy is definitely creepier than Zach Efron playing the real guy. Yeah. Um there's just something kind of like fidgety and like weaselly about him. I guess knowing what we know, that's my interpretation. Like he he looks more like a young Tom Berenger to me. Yeah. Than, yeah. I could see that. I could see if we're gonna cast this doc or a Tommy Lee Jones or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. To me, it seems pretty regular looking, but, you know, back then, too, I think, you know, because they had a first ever televised trial, I think uh, that made him a celebrity, you know, and uh, people love celebrities in this fucking country, especially then when it was so new. And the fact that he uh, got engaged or married on TV in a trial, like so fucking weird, man. I love John Malkovich's portrayal of that judge. It was really, I think he stole the movie personally. I yeah. Mean, he did There's such a lot a of stunt casting in this movie. Malkovich is a good one. The lawyer that he has in the first trial is the guy from Burn Notice. <laughs> so I was oh, like, with right. a beard. I didn't, I'm like, why does that guy look familiar? A yeah. lot of weird casting. And then the guy from Big Bang Theory is in this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He was pretty good in it. Malkovich pretty, does yeah. not do the does not do an impression of the real judge at all. He's no. just doing he's just full on Malkoviching. He's Malkoviching, which is I could watch forever. His all his partners like you got it, partner. Don't you shake that finger at me. Like I like when you watch the actual real video from the trial, 
it's and then when the judge goes into like son if i would have loved to have had you serve in front of me as a lawyer you're smart i got no animosity towards you i'm like what you have no animosity towards a guy who killed two women i mean that's what he was on trial for and almost killed two others and you probably know that he's killed more like you have no animosity to a serial killer that was odd yeah and that was real I, life i mean that's what he really said yeah, I remember when this came out, then people were also talking about basically Ted Bundy uh, is like talking about the white privilege of serial killers, which actually has come up on this podcast before. Yeah. I, like on, when Andrew T was on, he's just like, look, basically the reason why there's famous white serial killers is if you had these tendencies and you're a person of color, you the system dealt with you when you were like 18, you know? Yeah, like some they would have already like like railroaded you into something else. Absolutely. Um, so the fact that he got to defend himself, Dude. jump out a window, yeah, just like all this yeah. stuff. I and mean, talk. Well, we there's things that he talked himself out of for years that we don't even know about. I mean, there's probably many times he had a woman dead in his car and was pulled over that. He probably just talked his way out of, you know, because he was a, a, you know, white dude. Yeah. You never know. That Gacy story, I mean, the, the stories of the people that get away and then the people that almost time. get away are like the like the, the Dahmer one is so fucked up. Um, did I ever dude. tell you about, we're going to sidetrack again. Uh, I had an intern who was from Milwaukee. Isn't that where Dahmer's from Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he was like, oh, I met a guy at a bar one time who had this whole story about how he was lured to Dahmer's house and basically uh, was like, a could have been a victim, but it was like he was supposed to bring a refrigerator to Dahmer's house and then Jesus. Dahmer like invited him in for something and then he just kind of like, I don't even think he knew that it was like murderous. He just was just like, I think he was just like, uh, this guy seemed it was like maybe like his homophobia saved him, right? <laughs> Something right. like that. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, he's just like a dude from a barge. Like oh, this guy invited me over to his house to deliver a thing, and I just got I got creeped out, and I just took off. I like punched him and took off. Yeah. something like that. So it's just like weird, weird that like what you about know the naked guy that the cops took back to him. That's the one. Yeah, the, yeah. And he I think was Thai. Or he was Asian. Of some, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, didn't speak English. Right. Yeah. And what like the cops just handed him back. That was like Ugh. that's the worst. Here's your boyfriend back. Sorry for the trouble. It's like and oh my God. That's just insane. Well, and then like there's the BT the BTK killer, you know, he would have gotten away with it forever if he just didn't get bored. He got bored and sloppy, basically. Which one's BTK? The bind tie kill. He's the guy from I think Arkansas. He was a cop. He had he, he had killed tons of I mean, I don't know about tons. I don't know the number, but he killed a, a, a let's say, a, a bunch of women and then just stopped because he was just like, I can't keep doing this. And then he just got bored and started getting sloppy and sending like the press things and finally got. Now, this is pretty recent. This was in the last 20 years. Um, but anywho, the uh, yeah, so extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Um, I don't know. I would say if you're into true crime shit, you probably should watch it, right? I mean, yeah, it's like I give it like I give it a three out of five. That's what I'd give this a six out of ten. Sure, that sounds about right. I I I watched it. And I was just like, this feels like poorly 
done in one regard and then really well done in another yes. regard. Does Amen. that make sense? I, it, like, that's how I feel about it as well. Like yeah. maybe the script was bad, or but most yes. of the acting was good. The set and, pieces were good, I thought. Uh, sorry? The set pieces were good, I thought. Yeah. The but, music was good. But it, yeah. the script was thin. The script was too thin, and I think that it was taking an angle that was trying to be clever without trying to like be mm-hmm. too salacious for the evil doings that he did. But to me, it was just kind of boring. Also like, yeah. has Joe Berlinger done much nonfiction done much fiction before? I feel like I he hasn't done a lot of fiction. I don't think he has. Yeah. I don't think he has either. Not that I remember, but what um, a weird way to start. Like, just like he did all the research. So he's just like, uh, yeah, someone already had a script and they gave him the script and he's like, yeah, well, I'm already working on this other thing. I might as well, right. Well, it was a well book and then I think someone adapted it and then it just gets stretched out and stretched out and stretched out and you end up with kind of a, you know, a kind of a weak fluff piece. But, you know, it's not that long, so it's an hour and a half. So. Oh, he did. You know what? Actually, Joe Berlinger made Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 in the year 2000. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Which I never saw. Of course not. But I God, will. God, do you remember that? I remember when Blair Witch, yeah, yeah I saw in the theater. And Tom Amiano was in my screening. <laughs> nice. I don't know why saw, Tom Amiano came to the screening. I he, saw it at the old Balboa Theater. Yeah, then we might have been in the same theater. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a random story about Blair Witch, but again, this is going to have to be a Patreon oh. select. So anyway, yeah, let's, 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 I think we're ready to tie a ribbon on this one. Um, do it. Do you, what do you think should, you should only watch this if you are horny for Zac Efron? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, you see his ass. So I mean, I, they, I don't remember that scene. There's some sex. There's uh when they strip him down the first time and you see his you see his butt. Um so there's a little there's a little eight pack in there, there's a little butt action, a little sex scene. If you're if into you true hate crime, Phil Collins, you'll love yeah. this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, like I said, <clears throat> five five out of ten, six out of ten. Not great, not bad, decent, decent biopic. So watch it at your own discretion, folks. All I right, mean, well, it that, is the most literal biopsy. That we've done on the show so far, and there's so many biopics that we, oh, there's so many. But um, thank you guys for listening, George. This was awesome. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, documentaries someday <laughs> soon. <laughs> someday soon, yes, we will. I'm at seven percent battery life, though. Oh so shit, we gotta Bye. wrap it up. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. All right, see you. Bye.